Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade film movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan. And I am a big, big emotional mess right now. Ooh, we got Will <laughs> in a good place here. This could be good. Ladies and gentlemen, yep. we're damn glad to have you folks. Uh, this is all for tantrum's sake. We're shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love. But for now, the gloves are off and the hissy fit is on. This week, we cannot have an episode of the Cinephile Hissy Fit podcast on the same week as a new Marvel movie and not cover it. So, shit, ladies and gentlemen, it's Black Panther Wakanda Forever, recommended by every Marvel show in the whole wide world, including the one across from the microphone I have here. Our format is this. The recommending lover, guess who, goes first. Uh, he will get five uninterrupted minutes to shower his praise and state his high-minded case. The hater, which is not that much me, but I'm, I can't. I can't. You know, my full bloom is not where his is. A heart sheep herb and all. Uh, the hater will follow with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth. After that, we will open it up for 15 to 50 minutes of a shared conversation where the hits of it really gets chippy. Um, I don't have I don't have any rattling drums or beats, so it's just a matter of saying, let's go. Yeah, well, there's just something we, I want to get, get off my fresh. chest. Uh oh, well, off I, your let chest. me let me get something off my chest real quick. Yeah. And this is this is kind of the foundation for this podcast. No one should be surprised by this, but mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm done playing coy. Okay. All right, so there was a quote by uh, a respected uh, cinephile and purveyor of the art form of cinema. Um, And here's a quote, and it may sound familiar to some of you, uh, because some of you it enraged and some of you it emboldened and and, uh, whatever. But I I believe the, um, the quote was, it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional psychological experiences to another human being. Like I said, I'm done playing coy. Eat shit, Martin Scorsese. This movie, if anything, proves you wrong on that front. Mm -hmm. Because if anything, fuck it, I'm going into my five minutes. If anything, and I forgot my phone, so you gotta gotta time me. If anything, if anything, this, this movie shows that when done correctly, Comic book films, just like any other genre, when horror movies are done correctly, when sci-fi movies are done correctly, when dramas, when period pieces, when anything, it's not about the genre that defines you. It's about how you present that genre. And if it's done correctly, which Marvel is pretty good at doing, but if it's done correctly, like it is in this case, you're going to get an incredible film that is, and why I've always defended Marvel, not about the costume they're wearing, but about the people underneath it. Um, so a couple things I'm going to get out of the way about this. Um, I can't be a hypocrite because one thing that uh, everyone who knows me, not only do they know that my feelings on the Martin Scorsese stuff about cinemas is very passionate, but... Also, I've always been a critic of certain things that people like, and, and I've always been a critic of not only Christopher Nolan, but of The Dark Knight, which is often labeled, you know, the greatest comic book movie of all time or whatever. Um, I have always been of the opinion that that movie is automatically, and this isn't a disrespectful thing, but The Dark Knight was always going to be elevated a little bit because of the death of Heath Ledger. 
I mean, it is a fantastic performance. It deserves the Oscar. It's it's amazing. It's it's transformative because to this day you still can't see Heath Ledger in that role. Like he's just it's such a chameleon performance. So I'm not taking anything away from the performance, but I think the much like uh, you know the James Dean effect, you know, of when a star dies young and tragically, it kind of lifts up other projects. Um, I do think Dark Knight benefited a little bit from that, that people kind of hold it in a different place because it kind of came out when a star giving a transcendent performance had died. Um, like I said, that's not a disrespectful thing. I think that's just how we, we go with life. You know, we, we look at things like that and, and, and sometimes you pull over, you pull the shade over certain things and you highlight the bright areas. I mean, for example, like you know, let's look at Kobe Bryant and Kobe Bryant died it's been a celebration ever since it has, they haven't looked at the, the bad years that he had both on the court and off. It, it becomes a glorification thing. So <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I can't be a hypocrite and say that black Panther Wakanda forever does not benefit from that same, uh, glamor of what the dark Knight did. Uh, and, and when I say glamor, I mean that, you know, we're celebrating, you know, a tra- a star who died tragically young, and carried this franchise the way he did it. And, and also in a way that I really like the, the thing that I like about Chadwick Boseman is, and the reason why black Panther was so successful is he never, and, and to an extent, Robert Downey Jr. Did this too, but he never let that like be looked at as a bad thing that he was black Panther. You know, I was watching a speech from him the other day where he was talking about um, how Denzel Washington funded his scholarship, you know, and he said there would be no Black Panther without Denzel Washington. And and you realize that that role just transcends just a comic book and, and transcends a movie. It becomes like a cultural artifact. And and I like that he embraced it. And so so very much Black Panther himself is Chadwick Boseman. So this movie, it, I, I'll, I'm not going to say that the movie has ever been haunted by his death, but it does it does rest on his death and so there is a little bit of i'm not going to say heart pulling like there's no manipulation here but there is a benefit and i I, i'm trying to figure out a way to say it without it sounding ghoulish but there is a benefit of sorts uh of telling a story about someone suffering a loss of a character that also died in real life so i will say that perhaps me being an emotional wreck is because there is more to it than just a character dying. This is a person that died as well, that everyone is very connected to. And so there is a little bit of that at play, but the, the great thing about this movie, even if you take that away and we'll get into it later, cause I'm running out of time, but the, the beautiful thing about this movie is um, there was an old, old adage, I believe by Robert Zemeckis when he was making back to the future Two. Uh, he said, you got to make the same movie, but with like double the action, you know, um, this movie doesn't necessarily double the action, but when you really sit down and think about it, it's black Panther, Wakanda forever, or we'll call it black Panther two is essentially black Panther one, but it takes this amazing and no spoilers, but it takes this amazing swerve where the stuff that happened to the characters in the first one happens to a different set of characters and it totally changes those characters, even though the same thing is happening and they've learned that lesson. It's almost like taking that lesson and kind of flipping it 
and it's it's hard to explain, but there was just this sense of you're seeing almost the same movie again, but it manages to make it three dimensional for the characters and also create new three dimensional characters in the process. It's a very, I think once people get over the Chadwick stuff and get over the action scenes and stuff like that, they're going to see a very dynamic, fluid, powerful film. Once again, about representation and going against the expectations of your life. And that's where I'll end. Okay. Okay. I do not know where you were going with the first like three minutes of that, but uh, no, uh, <laughs> when you're talking about the, the specter and the haunting and the, and the, in the presence of Chadwick Boseman, I, it would help if Chadwick Boseman was there to have that. Now, don't get me wrong. His memory is there. The character is, is kind of ingrained to that, but uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't give this the, the bump that you're talking about with the dark Knight because uh, the, the actors in, in the film, the actors, not the actor we're talking about is mm-hmm. not in this film. So good, good this point. is one of those moments where, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I get the, I mean, the specter, of course, they open and close with the guy. So, I mean, I, I get why that's going to, we're, we're going there and there's no way you can watch this movie without thinking of Chadwick Boseman. And they mentioned his legacy in character as this whole thing goes. But um, I also know, maybe not as much as the show from the heart sense, but from the business sense where my, the, the opening kind of adage I put in my review that got published this week was um, the old uh, theater and circus uh, saying of the show must go on where mm-hmm. there's no way you couldn't, there's no way you could do, there's no, there's no way you were going to stop black Panther. This was going to go on some way or somehow, um, whether that was the recast the child route or whether that was the route we saw here on film in this one. And for, for what it was designed to do. I mean, they were they were pretty quick, Marvel, that was to just kind of say right up front, we're not recasting T'Challa. We're not even going there, not entertaining it. We're going to do our own thing. We, yeah, we, there sounds like they kind of had a movie written in mind uh, mm-hmm. if Chadwick was here. And I think that throwdown in the movie would have been amazing with him. But at the same time, they were able to pivot. And that's kind of where I have to kind of take that, that sliding rule and lens as the reviewer and kind of go, all right, we could all wish and hope that Chadwick was here, or another actor was here, or even just the T'Challa character was here, but we weren't going to get that. So if we can kind of take the movie as it is, as we as we all should, and and temper all those bullshit expectations that come with, well, it's not the movie I thought it was going to be, and no, <laughs> your star died. It's not going to be the movie you thought it was going to be. So with that in mind, what can they do to kind of uh, honor what they can honor, lift what they can lift, and move what they can move, because the show must go on. Uh, the, the machine is moving. And this um, very extended grief management session that has become the entire scope of phase four concluding with this movie. Uh, and boy, I hope it's done after this movie um, shows that um, Marvel had some places to go where they put the emotions front and center. And and I'm with you, Will, where all those folks out there who go, this isn't cinema, this isn't storytelling, this isn't engaging things. Bullshit. Um, it's been engaging this entire time now to varying degrees. I mean, I'm, uh, I'm a mess watching WandaVision. I'm, uh, you know, enjoying my nostalgia boner, as we've put it um, on other <laughs> shows. Thanks, Mike Crowley, for watching three Spider-Man come on screen. And you have we're, we're both big fans of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And if we mm-hmm. can if this whole post blip post snap uh, grief management session has encompassed this fourth phase to to close a few characters. And uh, like I said, push a few 
move a few things, lift a few things, do a few things. If that's where this is going, then that's what you have to judge this film on. And as a sequel without your star, this was about as good as we could have hoped for. You have a, such a strong supporting cast, which was a helpful thing that Ryan Coogler had in place, no matter if T'Challa was here or not, where you know, between Shuri and Umbaka and Ramanda and plenty of other characters, you have darn good things going on where, yes, it'd be nice to have your main guy, but the void is, you know, the country is not empty without him. And I think another thing that really helps this is you bring in an imposing, fantastic adversary. And that, with his own rich culture and possible world building mm. and implications and, and emotionalities and, and his own pieces of tragedy to go with the whole phase four grief management session that we've been on for a year uh, or two. And that helps. Um, and that makes this movie um, admirable enough and solid enough and well made enough to warrant its existence uh it, there's no way i'm sitting here going shouldn't have done it what why are we doing this you you know th screw the whole thing without chadwick boseman no 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 no. i mean as much as i'm a recast t'challa guy and i i can close my eyes and picture a version of this movie where he's here enjoying the uh additions and the geopolitics and the big throwdowns that are possible I can't have that. And I'm not going to let my, let that wish Jade, what Ryan's working for. And what he did was put forth a monumental effort to let the show go on. And the guy did it, pulled it off. It, it ain't pretty. Um, I think it, I think it will matter more where this movie, where this movie in this kind of section of the franchise pivots from here more than what it got to finish here with this one. Like, if this is just your stasis tweener movie to just kind of make sure we're okay, what springboard happens after this will matter more than what we just got through now. So um, that's been us kind of being spoiler free and mm. my five minutes, which might've been right there to it. And uh, more than anything, let's kind of, we'll after the break, we'll kind of dive into spoilers and get this deeper. Cause I, you can hear kind of our top level thoughts, but you know, there's more. So we will break for a short announcement from our non-corporate partners and friends. You know you've been scared watching horror movies by yourself. Well, now you don't have to. Hang out with Ruminations of Red Room. All things horror, from movies to the latest spooky games we've played. Come hang out. But hurry, the killer's behind you! Alright, welcome back. Well, take it over yeah. here. I know, I, I know you're brimming. Yeah, you just yeah. got out of the screening that tonight. I saw it two days ago. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I'm glad you brought up the character thing. And actually, uh, I brought this up in my review because I'm, I'm always of the opinion, uh, even in the smallest degree, that uh, uh, even a five-star film, which I gave this, uh, just because the emotions behind it. I, you went, I, you there's went a, there's, a full five. I went the full five. Uh, I've actually yeah. now put it third for me on the year oh. so far. Oh, third, well, uh, for the year. Well, that's not hard, but yeah. Yeah, so I've got Nope first Lobot. and um, oh, third for the Future second. Third, I thought you meant third for Marvel for the year. You mean third for everything for the year? Shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I saw oh, a better whatever. movie the next but, night, but that's a different show and different stuff. Right. Uh, but um, no, what I was going to say is I still find, I mean, there's, there's no, nothing's perfect. I don't think there's, no, there's not too many perfect films. And even a perfect film, I might rank something higher, but, um, I think there's a couple films that are perfect, but they're very rare. But so in this one, the, the, and Aaron white friend of the show, also brought this up mm -hmm. too. 
And this isn't the fault of um, the actors or the characters as they were written, because it was kind of by design that a lot of the characters in this movie that now take center stage unexpectedly were, I'm not going to say underwritten in a negative way, but they were secondary characters. You know, uh, it would kind of be like, the best way I can describe this is like when we all watch Cheers, we all agree that Norm and Cliff are important characters. But if the show suddenly changed and was about just Norm and Cliff, you'd lose a little bit of something because those characters are a little bit more broad. They serve a little bit more of a, a purpose for the plot as opposed to being completely fleshed out. And and like I said, this isn't a negative thing because Shuri is an amazing character and uh, mm-hmm. Okoye and Nikita. So they're great characters. But I did say in my review, and I did notice Aaron put this in there too, that, you know, uh, the the movie is both boosted but also hurt by Chadwick not being in it because yeah. it's boosted because it makes the drama feel very real, especially with the actors who are very close with him, but also the characters that are feeling the same thing we're feeling as an audience. But it does mm-hmm. hurt it because, you know, instead of having Chadwick Boseman there to anchor the film like he always did before and, and also like steal the show like he did in Civil War or have these amazing moments like in Endgame and Infinity War, you know, it there is something a little missing there. And and yeah, that's that's like I said it, it so so I will I will do that. I, I'm going the five star route just because of the feeling, the event nature of it, you know me, sometimes I will, I, I go for things that have that, that uh, event nature to it, where I feel like mm-hmm. it's an audience participation. And I, I saw it with a great crowd and, um, yeah, you know, so I, that might be coloring a little bit. I, I, maybe it'll change after I rewatch it, um, you know, without all that expectation and things like that. Um, what I will say though, and the other thing I said in my five minutes, and I wanted to know if you agree with me on this is that like, okay. what I, what I really love is that, um, um, the Wakandans in this film, um, it, it's almost the same story as the first black Panther in that in the first black Panther, they, um, they kind of, are I'm trying to piece together my thoughts, so I'm sure Mitchell loved me doing uh uh uh, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the first Black Panther, you have Chadwick Boseman who, uh, or I'm sorry, T'Challa who has a very has very set expectations on what his culture is, right? Okay, and what his culture should do, you know, like they should keep mm-hmm. their borders closed and they shouldn't share their technology, and then a number of factors come into play. You know, the, the, you find out that the father accidentally killed the brother and like kept it away from everybody. Then you also find right. out there's this ab- abandoned son who comes in and opens the world. And the characters are kind of forced to see Killmonger's perspective, but they have to change the way they do it because okay. he's doing it the wrong way. But, you know, they're do- they're going to do what he wants in a way, but change their, you know, change the way they do yeah. it. So it's not quite as evil. So do this- I think this one is a. I don't want to say retread, but just a, I, I, a flip of the other. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I think because yeah. a lot of sequels, like I said with the Robert Zemeckis quote, a lot of sequels make the mistake of just making the same movie over again, but just padding it with a lot of extra stuff or goofy yeah. stuff to to make it. I mean, this one I actually. Got my to this, but you keep going. 
yeah, but this this movie actually, in, in my opinion, uh, tells the same story, but switches the perspectives a little bit. It actually Shuri in this movie. You, you lost and, me at which perspectives, which means it's okay. Well, hold on, because well, it is no, no, it is though down. because because to me, Shuri and the Wakandans are having the same problem they had in the first one because what they're what they're seeing yeah. is they're seeing another civilization. That has, and I always found this very religious too. Like it's like a person who believes in like one there's religion. A, yeah, I mean, realizes I'll, there's another because there, sure. there's a lot of scenes in you this have where you're very, you have Shuri who's very science based and not very ritualistic based the way everyone else is and doesn't buy into all that you know mumbo jumbo so to speak. So right. That's the well, one piece of what you're talking about that I'm going to agree with. The rest of it, I'll shoot down when you're done. No, hold on. Don't shoot it, Dennis. I'm not uh, done yet. What I'm saying is, it's, is that okay. I got to load a big gun here. Yeah. Instead of instead of Killmonger, you have this mm-hmm. under underground civilization that is experiencing things differently than the Wakandans do, and they have to exist okay. to show the Wakandans that 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 maybe their way of thinking is still limited in some ways and they have to yeah. expand a little bit. And Shuri actually has the same thing that I would say black Panther had the same problem in both civil war and in the first black Panther, which is he has to modify his expectations uh, and Shuri has to modify her expectations of what should be done and, and using an outside force that has similar experience, kind of the opposite of, you know, you have in the first black Panther, you had, Killmonger, who grew up kind of in a very bad environment, and then you had, you know, Prince T'Challa, who grew up in this great environment, and those, those cultures kind of clash. This is kind of the same thing. Uh, they kind of, these cultures clash a little bit, and then they realize, okay, there's, we can burn down the whole world, like Namor wants to do, or we can amend it a little bit and try to work together. It's, it is, to me, virtually the same story and, and the same problem yeah. set for the Wakandans, but it, it's just, a, I like that it, fleshes out like uh the namor civilization and all that in, in a way that they did with killmonger it's it's the same story but it, it doesn't feel redundant to me it doesn't feel well it feels more powerful to the characters like it feels like it enriches them more you know sure no yeah. uh i completely disagree with the last seven minutes of what you just talked about um okay. no all none right. of that is n- none of that is the same none of, um you lost me as soon as you said the word opposite and different you no, that's the whole point of what makes it different i think you have you have so the your lasting your your final image of t'challa from the first movie it was our post-credit mm-hmm. scene of like him wanting to kind of open wakanda's borders to the world and and yeah. and do that noble thing that he wanted to do which was share technology and resources um mm-hmm. his death ends that and queen ramanja kind of shoots that down and says nope we're good we're right back to tightening where we were i don't trust any of you fools in the international level and then with this uh, so that hopeful air of things is kind of gone um where that's not gonna mm. no different movie we're on a different track by the time we're mm. globetrotting uh, vibranium and we're you know involving the cia and chasing down riri williams and the fact that we're doing all of this with a gap in leadership and a you know, um, an, uh, no king or champion in that seat versus I need to, I'm in the seat, I earn it from the first movie, we're in a completely different place. Um, when you have Killmonger as this one, you know, um, uh, related entity within the family of this kind of, you know, almost Shakespearean, you know, internal thing, because it's still all the way up to that point, what kind this is all 
part first movie is all happening in Wakanda on Wakanda of Wakanda. By the time you get to this, you know, very large undersea Talokan empire and Namor, who is completely detached from everything that Wakanda is doing, we're in a different place. We have a different adversary. We're in a different movie. And see, by putting the emotions and putting and putting the grief emotions and all the other, the, the reasons and motivations of the characters being centered as much as they are on, uh, on the kind of the geopolitical stuff. And then also the, the survival fears of each dueling empire in this movie. And then of course, like I said, the grief management session that we're at, all of that is completely and wholly different than anything from the first movie. So no, I, I can't back a line of that thought whatsoever. Well, I'm not saying it's a one for one comparison either. I, I'm talking about more the spirit that's of why it. You with... lost me the word different. No, I, yeah, that's, I'll be well, blunt. I wasn't... No, man. Well, because to me, Namor is a, a different version of Killmonger that represents a little bit more not even of. Uh, yeah. Really? You don't <laughs> not think even so? Close. No. So no. nothing that Namor happens to is... Killmonger is nothing like Namor at all. You don't think? Not you enough. don't think they have no, any I... connections. Not with centuries of history and a huge empire that he has to run and take care of. He has that burden of leadership thing that would have been very much like T'Challa, not like the one for one, you know, ghost agent that was Killmonger despite his, his scarred history. Yeah, we're on it. He's on a different plateau and level and is also then a mutant. So we're just a thousand shades but of difference in different facets. Yeah, but we're, we're looking too much at the specifics of like the like yeah of course yes, like, that's why they're called specifics it makes different. them different shit man where the fuck are you going well, with this well because if you have there's such, such things as allegory and comparisons and correlations and things like that i mean that's that it's, are lost it's more, and separated spirit. by that are lost and separated by what are called specifics and differences so I suppose. Yeah. I mean, cute but no i can't well, we'll agree to disagree i mean nah, that's cool okay all right yeah, but no. Sure. Um, for Sounds me, good. um, the the place where I put the the place where I put deductions is I, I admit I feel that length. Um, I it, I I know um other folks have said you know there there's enough there's a bunch of Namor that what am I trying to say that second act journey into Namor I enjoyed and loved where it can almost be its own movie and I and there's lots of stretches and places in there, um, post Rui Williams kidnapping where. We're, we're there a long time, which I'm, I welcome and enjoy. Every time Namor is in this movie, I'm, I'm digging it because it's, it just gives me that facet of wit. It's, it's two things. It's one, it's an imposing, interesting new thing. Two, it, it, it's, a, it's a nice step away from being front and center on the grief management session that is post-Tachala over in Wakanda. And the idea is like, how is that going to clash? Which means I want to learn about this clash. And I greatly appreciate the character time given to to Noche Huertas and portrayal of Evan Amore. I love what he's doing there. I love the Mesoamerican kind of retconning if we're playing comic book nerd language here. Don't mind that one bit. I'm sure there's some comic book salesman in The Simpsons who hates all this, but I don't care. Uh, for, what, for what the MCU is doing to kind of broaden its characters and be, as you said, representation and, and add more to it, this is a, an easy slide to do to pull that off. But that middle, that middle second section could could easily be its own movie. I'm glad it was here. But at the same time, you got to kind of tie and wrap things up where you can, or at least just keep things moving. Um, and it, and then, yeah, it's, I don't, this is not Lord of the Rings situation where it has a long winded ending after you get to where you get to, but you're having a big throwdown battle of weird throwdown things where it's not the, not the, not the, not the most organized ending in the world, but, it, but again, it still works. And again, it's the, 
you got to get through that to kind of obviously separate Black Panther from Namora in terms of who's going to be victorious. Where's this all going to place and go? You need that confrontation to come. You're heading for a showdown all movie. Get there. And then at some point it does become a, well, now Sherry's made it to this spot. Can you're, you're going to have that, you know, that, 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 what am I trying to say? That resolution section that closes your movie. So that it's not the ending that went too far or anything like that. But, um, but no, um, so between length and uh, just some of that pacing, and I think I, part of me still, yeah, is a bit of a re- recast to Chala guy where I, it, there's some what it could have should have where there's always something I, I literally and figuratively missing, you know, where there's just one more level of gear they, they just can't get where Letitia Wright, as try as she may, is just not the same or not of an equal level to shoulder and take on this thing. She does what she can very, very well. And Angela Bassett supports her fantastically. But uh, at some point it's, it's just kind of not enough, at least where where my measurements and uh, expectations were, even though I never like to use the word expectations. Other than that, you got a, you got a very solid respectful movie, but that's where I slipped from down to four stars. I I was very (laughs) tempted to be a guy who went down to three, but I couldn't go that far. It's, that's too mean. Too many other great, crafty, great things in place. Hmm. Interesting. No, that's that's yeah. uh, good points. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like uh, for the first time in a while, um, even I, the Marvel shill, I mean, I, I, I felt the stakes on this one. Um, yeah. Even though, I mean... I agree with that. Even though, even though I mean... A lot of people will say, you know, that this is going to happen, or you know, this person's not going to die, or whatever. It's it's kind of, I mean, ninety percent of films and TV shows are like that. It's yeah, it's more yeah, about right how you, the spirit of the whole thing, you know. And mm. uh, I really felt, I really felt like I, I felt like, um, you know, because as much as I, I enjoyed Thor: Love and Thunder, I mean, it, you know, uh, Christian Bale doesn't have a lot of heft. You you're not really worried about Thor at all. You know, you're mm-hmm. not really worried about people dying in that movie. Um, Doctor Strange, uh, just because I think Sam Raimi is more of a comedic horror director than anything else, there's not, the stakes don't feel quite yeah. as consequential. This one has yeah, the stakes. In that one, we're in that one, we're in a multiverse where, yeah, we're, we're popping Black Bolt's head off and we're shredding up right. Mr. Fantastic, but we're shredding up other versions that don't matter of those characters. So, yeah, it, right. it feels... The, the, this one this one goes back to the Infinity War era where like with Infinity yes, War you you kind of knew that Thanos was a big deal like you could feel it from the beginning like the way mm-hmm. the Russo brothers directed that with that first scene on the Asgardian ship and you know right. dead bodies are everywhere and he's killing Loki and you know shit is serious and you you never felt that Thanos was not a threat and mm-hmm. I, I get a lot of that from Namor in this movie. Uh, he is, too. he's, and also from his empire, because yeah, like Wakanda has this reputation as being kind of, even, even against Thanos's army, you're kind of like, well, Wakanda will be okay. Like yeah. this one, th- there is a general threat of like, oh crap, like Those guys Wakanda could get its ass kicked. Like Wakanda mm-hmm. could be in danger here. And um, I, you know, I did, um, I think, uh, you know, if I'm going to find flaws, I mean, you know, you could, I, you could see where, you know, uh, an IP, 
you know, wants to survive. But it, I, I look at this, I mean, they are films and they are cinema, but it also is an ongoing series. Much, this is pretty much the, the television of movies, you know, whereas, you know, when you watch like an episode of Star Trek, you know, Captain Picard's not going to die at the end because there's an episode next week. So mm. there, there is some stuff where like, uh, they did this in Thor Love and Thunder too, like, you know, where, uh, and they even did this in No Way Home where like, you know, oh, Korg's dead. Oh no, he's not really dead. Or, oh crap, Toby yeah. McGuire just got stabbed in the bell. Oh, he's fine. You know, and yeah. it's the same thing here. Like I, there was a moment where I thought, um, you know, M'Baku was going to get, was going to get it, you know? And mm-hmm. then they do play it off a little bit as a joke. Like he's like, Oh man, that hurt. You know? And it's like, that would have been a great moment to raise the stakes a little bit. But that said, yeah. knowing that this is kind of the television series of cinema, you know, that certain mm-hmm. characters aren't going to die. Uh, and we accept that. So yeah, there's some moments where I think, yeah. you know, it, that, that has faltered in other things. Like, I think, like you said, I if you kept Korg dead in Thor, Love and Thunder, it might have raised the stakes a little bit, but I think it would. The stakes were already pretty low. This one, I feel yeah. like even when you know characters are going to make it, yeah. the stakes you're, are pretty you're, high. You're, you're burying more than T'Challa in this movie, you know, and that's yeah, yeah, that's and true. There's, yeah, there's some weight there. So, no, I I think um like you said, uh, and I and I second what you're saying. Like the presentation of Namor was fantastic because uh it, he he's easily, in my opinion, the most the most powerful Earthbound adversary they've ever put mm. in front of an mcu movie so uh, obviously all the out of the worldly stuff is huge like thanos and all that but uh but dude sure, shows sure. up and um and i like that you know that 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 wakanda take over little battle where he just kind of he just shows up just to kind of say hey i want to rattle you up a little bit i want to wash you over with this water and just to show you i can come back and i can do this again and probably yeah, that was a great scene work great scene and i and obviously it happens after a pivotal death and he's he you know he hammers those lines bury your dead mourn your losses i'll see you in a week like he's a ww wrestler heading to paper um and the fun part is he the fun part is he can because when you realize the size of the ocean on the planet he he could take over the world he doesn't need wakanda's help he yeah it's kind of it's kind of interesting that from a political way he he recognizes wakanda's brilliant and rec- recognizes Wakanda's uh, adva- uh, um, just larger advantages over everyone else in the world where like you guys might actually be a hard out but but we can still take you and let me show you how single handedly yeah. coming in and almost doing what he did in that mid that mid battle um, and be- the fact that we get that scene and not you know a little and then we obviously have a great throwdown fight on in the Boston stuff between Okoye and just a couple of the, of the telecon warriors we're like whoa you see, you see combative equals, uh, if not even combative yeah, superiors. Yeah. So by, yeah, yeah, by this I, movie yeah. kind of creating and framing that, it helps a lot. Because if they were just faceless, you know, robots number four and, you know, monstrous, you know, alien monster number seven from, from the costume booth, we would be like, oh, come on. But we've got these living and breathing, talking, fleshed out characters who can throw down. Yeah. That helps a lot. Yeah. And I I'd actually think... Um the third act battle, like I said, it has some stakes to it. And, and usually like you, you might have like a, um, a lot of movies these days, it's probably George Lucas's fault, but like with, you know, with like Phantom Menace, you would have like this amazing tense lightsaber battle. And then it would cut to like Jar Jar Binks fucking around in a field. And then it would cut to, right. you know, Anakin yeah, Skywalker going, this, this is pod racing. Why he blows up something on accident. This 
has some intercutting where there's a more personal battle. And actually one of my favorite Marvel movies, Shang-Chi actually suffers from this too, where you have this amazing like fight between father and son. That's very emotional mm. and the stakes are very high, but then it'll cut to kind of like a little bit of the oh, soulless. Trevor Slattery. You know, yeah. Just you know, so, so even, this even one Aquafina actually, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this one has a, the great cutting of like, you really, like I said, even though you know Mbaku's going to make it and, and uh, you know, the Dormelage are going to make it, like, there is this sense of stake and doom in that big mm-hmm. battle. And then while that's going on, you've got a pretty, I got to say, for the MCU, a pretty, I'm not going to say brutal, because it's never going to be brutal, it's PG-13, but, like, I would say a pretty intense one-on-one fight between Namor and... Uh, what ends up being word spoilers to the Black Panther, which is Shuri. Um, mm-hmm. Including, like, <laughs> you're getting fucking impaled. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. her, like, ripping off his... Man. Her ripping off his wings and, like, all kinds of... I mean, mm-hmm. it was... It's... Uh, and and also, uh, I wanted to get your take on this, because... Okay. Um, this is... Uh, and, you know, I... I I have a theory in there somewhere that I can explain better in another episode, perhaps. But uh, but maybe right. maybe I can maybe I can at least explain this. So, you know, one of the big twists in the movie is that when um, and 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 real quick, uh, an aside. Thank God they didn't go the Ghostbusters Afterlife route and do like a CGI Chadwick Boseman because that would have just been. So I agree. Stable. Yeah, I, um, th- th- it's a. It's a rough first five minutes when you are observing what is his passing off screen. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that would have been made much worse by something. Secret. Yeah, for sure. Grand, for yeah, sure. Totally and different. now um, what I was going to say is um, the uh, I lost my train. I thought, hold on, I got to recover it. Sorry, Mitch. Because um, <laughs> I did the aside. What was I doing the aside about? The, oh, right. The one of the yeah. big twists in this movie is that when Shuri decides to take the stuff that makes her the Black Panther uh, mm-hmm. and she goes to the ancestral plane, is that instead of meeting her brother or her mother or anybody else, uh, she meets Killmonger. And um, and you know that that's a tough character moment for her because she wants to see Killmonger. She doesn't want to admit that, but she wants to see Killmonger because she wants someone to give her permission to do the wrong thing, which is, mm-hmm. you know, get revenge. Right. And of course, Killmonger is going to be in that ancestral plan, like get it done. Like I would have done it, you know, and it's a great mm-hmm. moment, but the interesting thing, and I think this adds to the drama. So I, I, I want to know if you think this is a flaw in the filmmaking okay. or a boost to the filmmaking, because okay. when Shuri is revealed as black Panther, it's done in typical Marvel fashion, which is, you have an incredible score by Ludwig Göransson, yeah. like uh, oh. this amazing kind of like, it's kind of like this, this weird vibe going, yeah, yeah, it's electronic going. vibe, and it's it's a very like you know the crowd I was with was cheering, but mm-hmm. you also know that her intentions at that moment, this big reveal, this heroic reveal, her intentions at that moment are not good. You know, like so, no, she's got the, that's a superhero the, landing without a smile at the end. Absolutely right. And so, so do you think that's a benefit to the picture, or do you think like it's kind of a weird part of the picture? The, because the I wasn't the sure how to read it moment or something else. No, no, no. Her, her reveal landing. is her superhero landing when 
You yeah. just got done with the Killmonger reveal where you know like mm-hmm. she is she is Black Panther, but her intentions yeah. at that time are not good. So she I, gets the fan, fanfare of the music yeah. and the superhero landing, but you also know that she's like, I'm going to kill this bitch. And right. you know that's not the right thing to do. It's, you know? I, I admit it's a I admit it's a steep curve where you, you're right. Like she finishes with Killmonger. We don't need to see her suit up and, and find a different armor. Like this isn't an Iron Man movie. And we are already at the third act where you can keep going. If she just shows up in costume, ready to throw down, you know, and it, yeah, that part, uh, that transition, I don't mind the transition. That is a hard pill to swallow is you have this woman who's been pretty non angry. Most of the movie more angry at herself than at anything mm-hmm. external. So for her to put on the suit, make her superhero landing, take her mask off, reveal herself to the other tribes and other leaders, and then yeah, churn out the um, you know, let's fucking go speech in in with the tone that she does. That's yeah. a that's a bit of a swerve for that character yeah. to kind of make on a dime uh in a movie where we're still kind of, you know, treading on light waters where I don't mind her ascending to leadership and I don't mind that she pushes herself to to be ready for battle and shoulder what she has to shoulder to do it with the you know the pill popping <laughs> the pill popping benefit mm-hmm. of anger is is a tough yeah. swerve that's uh yeah it, yeah, it obviously I saw, yeah. it looks great and it sounds great in the in the Namor fight but even some of the lines in there feel you know just just forced like I'm so angry I'm going to tell you about it and that's a little bit of some of the Marvel mm-hmm. stuff we've seen before where they over they over ex- exposition a few things thinking we can't follow along with emotions. And so yeah, some of that's I, that. But I wonder if it's like a design choice because I felt both. I that's a good question. I, I, I felt both invigorated by seeing the Black Panther, but then also worried because and, and worried for the character because she is on this like revenge mission that is not something she should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, it's, it's like a yeah. weird. Um, it's a weird way to present it. And I wonder if you're supposed to feel that, or if it's just kind of a flaw in the design. That's what I, I'm guessing. It's a good I'm question. To out. Um, you know what I mean? it, it, it's a good question where it like that, that third act fight, the big fight on the boat and obviously the beach with Namor, that could have very easily and believably been a loss hung on Wakanda. Like not to the point of like, let's kill everybody on the boat and then beat up Shuri to the point where Namor walks away going, you know, good, good try, little girl, come back next time stronger where, you know, you're, that's your springboard to further conflict in a sequel or something like that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not saying she married sued her way through beating Namor in the first try, but, uh, it's not that bad, but, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's some of that's heroic convenience. Some of that is, yeah, yeah, it's, it was a weird, it was a weird yeah, moment. I didn't know how to weird feel. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, so it's it kind of strange. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, I try to, we, you know, you and I, we have obviously different thoughts, I think, on what a best picture is for the Oscars in terms of, you know, we had, <laughs> yeah. that, we had that discussion with Spider-Man, but... Um, Short answer. There is, no, no, no. I, no, I think, I don't know. I think it will just for the, because the first one did, I think this is kind of becoming the Mar- Marvel's quote-unquote prestige pictures that they're going to push, you know. No um, politic this one, for sure. Yeah. Um, no, but what I was going to ask you is... Arts and technical will rake, or it'll be a nominee and get its spot. Um, no, but I wanted to ask you... Where, yeah. 
I wanted to ask you because uh, acting uh, is never considered for these kind of films uh, for Marvel. Yeah, films. But there is there is some push right now for Angela mm-hmm. Bassett, and to me, yeah, she was really it. fucking amazing in this movie. Yeah. Like she really it's Angela Bassett. You know, like yeah. we shouldn't so, be surprised, I mean, but at the same time, it's nice to see her to go. Supporting actress category. I assume the category you would hope it's, I don't know. I've, I'm not Matt Neglia and next best picture show here, but uh, the field has to be, she's got to be a contender. Absolutely. Yeah. So and you, th- you think so too. Okay. I think she's yeah, worthy. Cause... Yeah. I, I, and I would not be smirch. A, I wouldn't bet an eye if she's one of the final five. Uh, is she the winner? Okay. I got to go back and look at who else has been in the year here a little well, bit. Well, uh, no, I, I don't expect yeah. anyone from Marvel to win these things. I mean, no, that, even, that's the hard part is just knowing, yeah. knowing like we talked about knowing the Oscars and how they're going to go. Right. She's going to win the, you're damn happy to be here award. Well, and here's the thing. Even if I, I talked about this with you, in your car, your death mobile, when we were driving through Chicago uh, a couple <laughs> months right. ago, I told you that even before the trailer was released, I was like, I think this will get a best picture nomination just because mm-hmm. of the history behind it and the black. Pan- and, and even yeah. if it doesn't, I, even if it doesn't, I still think just like the first black Panther, which made a lot of steps in terms of the Oscars is the first superhero film ever nominated for best picture, mm-hmm. etc. I think maybe uh, it'll still make a mark by, perhaps being the first MCU film to maybe get an acting nomination, you know, with, in terms of yeah. Angela Bassett, you know, um, you're going to make me, and, you're going to make me Google yeah. the, the best supporting actress feel here quick, but you keep talking. Sure, and sure. go from there. No, I was going to say, it's going to be there for sure. I was also going to say, what do you think about as a dark horse, like Letitia Wright? Um, Cause she does a lot of no. heavy lifting in this movie. You don't think she was very good. Yeah. I think she's okay, but um, okay. So you don't you you not, weren't like not, uh, you're going to put okay. her in lead actress, and when you look at like the oh, lead actress, yeah, for this no, year, no, no, because no. you get like let's go Michelle Yeoh, Daniel Deadweiler yeah. for like Till. You have yeah. um the woman playing Whitney Houston in a month here. Like no, yeah, she's yeah. outclassed in a hurry when you get to that field. Okay, no, All no, right, no so yeah, I just figured, I figured, but yeah, yeah. Supporting actress ranks right now. This is a variety. They okay. say the top five predicted nominees at this time. Uh, dated, I think it's this week here. Jesse Buckley from Women Talking. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Mm. Carrie Condon from The Banshees of Inishirin. Number four in the conversation and in the field, Angela Bassett, Wakanda Forever. Nice. Uh, and then Nina Haas from Tar. Your next in line at six, seven, eight, nine would be uh, Thusu Mabudi from Mabudu from The Woman King. Uh, mm. Also Claire Foy from Women Talking, Janelle Monet, Glass Onion, uh, Dolly Delonian from Triangle of Sadness, and Hong Chow from The Whale. And then you got a, a big, big field of people who are. Like Lashana Lynch and Laura Dern and Carrie Mulligan and Stephanie Zhu, Kate Hudson, your field gets busy in a hurry. So um, they have nice. her in the top five. I would not, I would not cry about that one bit. Letitia Wright, that's, well, that's, that's a tough deal. No, yeah. I, I, I wasn't necessarily saying she's going to get nominated for an Oscar. I just wanted to know what your mm-hmm. opinion of her performance was yeah. because I think like I, I, I she was. was she... She did all right. I think. I think what will hurt her is what we're talking about. The you, she, and yeah. it's not as more the material than her. Like she makes that swerve and is it the most convincing swerve? If we're sitting here going, I don't know if that's really going to go. Like the fact that we're having the conversation we're having is either mm-hmm. a question of material or a question of her, and it could be a bit of both. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think she was. I, I thought it was a, an excellent performance. I just. I just didn't. Um, 
I wasn't sure if it's something that she could break through, but now that you put it in the in the yeah. essence of the best actress, I totally agree with you. There's probably Ooh, a lot yeah, more. There's a yeah, lot there. I, I agree um, with you on that one. I agree with you. I'll tell you one. what. Um, in arts and technical, I uh, Ruth E. Carter with with costumes. Fabulous as always, and and she obviously got a chance to kind of expand on some of the Wakandan designs she's done and won an Oscar for. Mm-hmm. But now, when you multiply that by the the Talokan designs and the Mesoamerican stuff, wow! You, it, I know she won the Oscar once for Black Panther. You can argue that this is even better than what she did the first time, and I would love um, to see her. Like, go ahead and win. You know, I didn't um, like. I didn't like the uh, the revised Dora Milaje outfits i thought they were a little goofy Ooh, and yeah I, that's a little much and I, I'll, I'll grant that and i and i actually didn't even like Ironheart's armor either i thought it was very I, like uh anime was, gundam style kind of yeah thing. <laughs> but I, I if that's gonna be your your modern i don't want to say modern because it's like 2008 not that long ago but like but if <laughs> right, that's right. a but if that's a teen kids and a woman's version of that armor it yeah. it I could take that. I could. It's a natural progression. Gotcha. But you're right. It, you get a little Gundam. Um, the other thing is, um, you mentioned it earlier, is uh, Ludwig Gordonson's music. I thought um, it would have been really easy for him just to kind of rehash and remix the same motifs and themes from the first one, and uh, yep. he didn't. Like he adds a completely different soundscape uh, of additional sounds, additional instrumentation to again now do two cultures, and it was impressive. The guy was the guy's fantastic. Well. Uh... Two things. I was just looking um, at the variety thing too for best picture, and uh, mm. Black Panther has moved down. It was originally like in the tenth spot. Uh, okay. Now it's been moved down to thirteenth. So yeah, it's been moved Is down Top a little Gun bit. Maverick um, ahead of it. Let's see. Right now, that's, uh, right now, that's your Hollywood hitter there. Yeah. So here's here's how the order is. Number one is the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg. Go Banshees of Inishirin, Women Talking, Tar, Top Gun Maverick is five, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, six, Elvis, seven, Triangle of Sadness, eight, Living, nine, and Woman wow. King, ten. That's, that's currently Ooh. what they have right now. Wow. Um, yeah. That's... Um, yeah, okay. interesting. Um, Elvis. I didn't see that coming. I didn't see Elvis coming either, but... Um, and even the Woman King, I, maybe a little underseen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, anxious to see Banshees of Inisherin. Have you seen that yet? I have. And with you being a dark comedy kind of person, I think you'll dig it. I mean, Martin. Well, I love In Bruges. I love yeah. In Bruges. And uh, did he also did he do the Three Billboards? Is that a different guy? I did. I disliked okay. Three Billboards, but that's the same guy. And I'm glad I... this one is dark, but not as forced as Three Billboards. You'll like Banshees. Yeah, I I in. Joy three billboards, but I n- would never watch it again. Whereas in Bruges, like, yeah. is hilarious and makes me laugh. Um, yeah. And I think you, know, I, I think this is one of those movies you can watch more than once and kind of just see more. So like, or just yeah. you know, get more vibes of where the people are coming from. So yeah, I'd like get that. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Triangle of Sadness as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like I said, if it if it ends up not getting the best picture nomination, it's a crowded field. I think Black Panther will maybe make that comic book history yeah comic book superhero film history which will make people go crazy uh like scorsese and stuff by getting an actor nominated and i think that'll help because i and that'll help my cause because i think it'll actually give Mm -hmm. more quote-unquote legitimacy i don't think i I mean because oscars have been wrong forever i mean especially in the in the horror field um so it's not like you have to have an oscar but it would be nice. It is always nice to be like, well, Black Panther got a Best Picture nomination. It would be nice to be like, well, 
you know, mm-hmm. Angela Bassett got an acting nomination. So do I, I expect I love to them to win? No. Like that. Yeah. No, yeah, no, so, but you know, the, the, being in that, being even in, having a seat at the table is an improvement upon what other people, the auteurs think of this stuff. And that's, that's the shame is, is that where that's where that's going to go. Um, I'm glad this is, uh, I'll put, I'll throw some closing thoughts just to kind of get you to get nudge in that place. But, uh, no, for me, this is, um, I'm glad phase four is over. Um, I'm glad this is the way it went <laughs> out. Uh, um, yeah. I'm ready for sure. phase five and, and getting past kind of these, these, in between places we're going. I don't mind the springboard of what this can be. Um, I enjoyed the mid credit scene of, of the potential for somewhere down the mm-hmm. line. I like that idea of some long-term generational storytelling. And I think this character w- is, isn't going anywhere. And this, this, uh, yeah. Wakanda in the kingdom will go on. And, and I, I yeah. like that, that I like the planted seeds of what's there. Um, I know this movie is going to be, a harder sell than the first one. It's not going to make as much money as the first one. It's going to do just sure. fine. Fuck Black Adam. It's going to do just fine. Yeah. And it, it'll, it'll, it's going to rake until <laughs> Avatar gets here in a month. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with that they were able to get this movie off the ground um, through the hurdles, the massive and difficult hurdles that it had to do to get made. Uh, and get done with the participation that they had or didn't have. And and I'm willing to commend that effort at the same time as understanding that this is this this entire film in process has been an expectation shattering thing for I hope a lot of people were like, hey, step back and and whether whatever it is, trust Ryan Coogler, understand Marvel's bigger picture. And and let things move maybe different than what you want and where you where you separate a little head from heart. And the fun part is you got a movie that still can combine both and give you a great presentation. And 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 it might not be the most action packed blockbuster in the world, but it, to have emotions front and center and worthy emotions makes this all yep. worth it. So ah oh, yeah. I do mean, you think? Go see do it. you think that um, this can carry on to a third film in the tri- in a trilogy? Yeah, I I think we of course you need to see where uh, if we're heading to team up stuff here that uh, yeah. you would hope and that's been the that's been one of my arguments with the the Marvel juggle right now is you have these individual efforts like Take Eternals a year ago where you you make a big ballyhoo movie of of you know, setting something up or continuing something on and then you just don't know where it's going to go next at least for this phase where there has been very little less connective tissue, less springboards than the last few phases where that's that you just, obviously I think our credit said black Panther will return and that's fine. So if that shows up in obviously the two Avengers movies that are down the road, that's a long four year mm-hmm. wait. But at the same yeah. time, um, absence way makes the heart grow fonder where maybe four years of maturation, not just with the t-shirt, right. But the character, the rest of the world and, uh, the, what, and the, the rest of what I mean by the rest of the world is just whatever else is going to go on in Marvel. that's going to throw down. And whether that's Kang, a multiverse, uh, whatever else they're up to, maybe when, when the time yeah. comes to throw down, Wakanda will be there and we just know it. And that's going to be an ace in the hole. They'll always have. And by yeah. that point, if you get to it, teenage air that you build another five ten years towards you bet you know or they'll just do a a timeline acceleration of five years like they've done with the snap you know their shortcuts can be done so i i think that uh yeah it all depends on the material because like for instance um 
you know the 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 gap between Doctor Strange one and two um, is huge, you know, in terms of this mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe anyway. A lot of years, there. but yeah. I but I think the fact that they were Steven able was always to, around. Yeah. yeah, the fact that they were able to build him a certain way and he was able to fit into the future plans made that sequel possible. I guess mm-hmm. it just depends, yeah, how they integrate. Because to me, yeah. I wouldn't be sad if this was the close of the Black Panther individual films because Ooh. I think it does end on a good note. But that's um, a hard one because someday I wish what comic book fans wish for. I wish for. I know we'll never get it, but like I wish for T'Challa and and Aurora Monroe. You know, I want I want to see yeah, Queen there. Well, you, you can know? still get them. You see, can still get them. Uh, yeah, I want to see Doctor Doom. You know, I want to see Latveria versus Wakanda. Uh, I yeah, want to see true. World War Hulk, where you know T'Challa's on the Illuminati, you know, throwing, helping the leadership deal with the Hulk. You know, there's there, and that's yeah. probably where my guy Emmanuel Noizet is at. Like there, there are so many character arcs we'll never get. Uh, at least not in the same way that it's that sure. it's just difficult. So, yeah, I think the one yeah. person who can answer that question the best, and we'll never know unless he says in an interview, is Ryan Coogler. Because I, I, this is one of those I know Marvel has been able to adjust to different filmmakers and even bring in different filmmakers to kind of keep things yeah. going. But I would, I anyone but Ryan, ooh, is a is a hard sell to to folks here. Well, yeah, they 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 have course corrected a little bit in terms of, I think they realized like once Russo brothers did Winter Soldier, they were like, you know what, let's keep these guys around and mm-hmm. they're going to be our cap guy, you know, yeah. and uh, they, for like better or worse, they, yeah. yeah, for better or worse, they did that with uh, um, <laughs> Taika Waititi. He's the Thor guy mm-hmm. now, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, so it's. I think they are making those adjustments. I mean, Peyton Reed is the Ant-Man guy and yeah. uh, John like, Watts was the Spider-Man like, guy. And you know, it's it, they're, yeah. yeah. So as long as they can keep Coogler, I think that's easy to trust Coogler. And then yeah, Daniel, yeah, I mean, I can't see. cause it sounds like he's the guy brought in for the two Avengers movies, upping himself from Shang-Chi. Yeah. That all that I like, but um, you know, yeah, I, you. what I'm, I guess what I'm saying is with the Dr. Strange thing, okay. like, I don't know unless they integrate Black Panther as a very integral piece of everything like Doctor Strange was. I don't mm-hmm. know if a Black Panther film could survive five plus years of a wait. A third one. I agree. Is like, I what agree. I mean. I, I, you yeah. know what I mean? Like Doctor Strange, it made sense, but you're, you weren't going to get an Iron Man 4. You weren't going to get a... Um, so if, she, the, if, if, if Shuri shows up in Ironheart, you would hope so, yeah. right? At this point, I hope That's so. A TV yeah. series, right? If she yeah. shows up in uh, a couple of Avengers movies, just to do that, uh, Wakanda has traditionally been a ally adversary of the Fantastic Four. If Shuri shows yeah. up, whenever Fantastic Four shows up, is that enough? Little dots. I think so. I think so. Yeah. The reason the reason why this sequel was able to go, I think this was what four years. Um. Yeah. Uh, nine, Four years? 18 to now. Yes, sir. I, I think some of that is because, you know, like, you know, you had the huge battle of Wakanda and Infinity War and, and, and you mm-hmm. had Black you Panther showing up in Endgame and, yeah. and, and Wakanda what kind of existed with Winter Soldier as well, because he was, he was there and, uh, you know, they can, they kept the door Milaje around like in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So you kind of knew mm-hmm. they were there there was enough, I think, and then plus the first one was such a huge thing. 
and then also the debt the debt factor plays into it too that plays into it too because people are like we got to resolve this so Mm -hmm. but i don't know if at the current rate the way the mc is building right now that it would survive five years again or four years again you know I, i feel like you'd have to have another one in the next just like they did with the old iron man films and and captain america you'd have to have one in like the next two years i think for it to be a huge success mm. in my opinion but i don't know no, nothing's off the ground that that hard yet so that's going to be a tricky one i know there were yeah. gaps in the old d23 calendar that disney presented where i think surprises are afoot but at the same time yeah it just depends on uh, we know we're not going to get it into these things take two to even make but um yeah it yeah, yeah well I, th- also marvel sometimes will wait till let's see how this movie does they'll play the business angle where they're holding course, that yeah. third announcement for like two weeks after this one comes out for all we know yeah it's true it's very true and they do have a packed slate but uh no so i, I mean uh so you went four stars then that's what you went with i did i did okay um, i i, I have an update for you I have an okay. update for you after the conversation I, i'm still not going to back down on my stance i didn't explain it I don't think I explained it well enough in terms <laughs> of the right, connection. Right. And that's on me because I am fresh out of the movie. I'd like to put my thoughts together. Maybe one day we'll revisit it. But either way, uh, I'm not going to back off on that. But um, I have seen enough flaws talking with you about it that I've decided to bump it down from five to four and a half. Ooh. And I have bumped it. And <laughs> I have bumped it. I have bumped it down in the in the rankings of the year so far now keep in mind i haven't seen a lot of the awards contenders yet but i did decide to move this uh to fourth behind Lightyear because i'm going by i'm going by um i'm going i'm going by uh not feels but what i what i graded them at the time so for me the the only two the only two five-star films i have this year from 2022 are nope uh, which I don't think is going to get supplanted for me because I adore that movie and it gets better the more mm-hmm. I think about it and watch it. Crimes of the Future is my other one. Uh, yeah, so yeah, when I think yeah. when I when I think about it, when I really sit down and think about it, between Lightyear, Wakanda Forever, and Doctor Strange, other films I gave four and a half. Uh, I got to put Wakanda between them. I think Lightyear is a better film and uh, better constructed. So I'm going to put oh, Lightyear yeah. ahead of that. Um, I, I have cool. a feeling I, I, I call that a cinephile hissy fit win. I, yeah, and, and <laughs> I'm over here did. doing the, the Will Ferrell meatloaf robe arm pumping thing from wedding crashes over here. So absolutely. <laughs> but keep in mind, I'm really weird with movies too, as you know, because I mean, no. <laughs> I've got bullet, I've got bullet train up here. Yeah, I've got yeah. Elvis yeah. up here ahead of everything everywhere all at once. I mean, everything everywhere mm-hmm. all at once I gave four and a half too. So I mean, I, there's a lot of yeah. four and a half films, but it, when it when it gets down to that, I gotta, yeah, I gotta go down yeah. with. When it comes down to like that ranking, I gotta go with what, I guess, gives me. What what am I likely gonna watch again? What am I gonna think about a lot? Sure, um, you know, and and frankly, I just haven't, you know, uh, thought much about Elvis and Top Gun Maverick as much as yeah, I've been thinking about this other stuff. But, anyways, we're I'm going on and on. Um, anything else before we um, move on? No, I'm good. I'm trying to think how many five star movies I got this year. Uno, dos, trace, quattro. I have five, which will come into play in a year end show when we get to there. So, well, and you know what? I mean, you know me. I mean, this has been 
I'm going to go on one more little tangent here. This has been. We've only done a show on two of these five. So I I was going to say, this has been a beautiful year for me as a fan of movies because Mm. I've got, I've got to see movies from Jordan Peele and David Cronenberg and Sam Raimi and the Russo brothers and, you know, so many others. And, and, coming. I, you got James and Spielberg's coming. coming. Spielberg's yeah. coming. Cameron's coming. coming. So this is coming. Uh, I mean, whatever. But I no, I, I don't. I don't dislike him. I love Whiplash. Yeah. I just. I don't yeah. get the La La Land love. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I mean, I got to see a Rob Zombie movie this year. Another Kevin Smith movie. Like I've. It's been a great year for like directors that I love seeing. And mm-hmm. I know that there's going to be probably, I mean, I, 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 you never know. You might see it and I might change my mind, but I, I have a feeling that the fable bins is going to be up there just because it's Spielberg yeah, and I'm it looks, it looks uh, sentimental to the, you know, for, for my heart on my sleeve kind of person that I am, it looks overly sentimental. Uh, and it does look like we are getting a lot of movies this year that are, how movies save everyone's life because <laughs> well, you got empire uh, of light coming yeah. out and fablemans and like yeah. there was another one and we had belfast last year and right you know we um so i don't know uh, who was it? uh our our guy aaron white from feeling film he's uh he mm-hmm. said uh we got out of what movie did we watch um um armageddon time from director mm. uh, ad astra director james gray was james gray way different thing yeah 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 and uh he's kind of doing uh the movie is kind of semi-autobiographical to his, you know, kind of privileged upbringing with having learning a bit of multicultural friends and stuff like that. And it's not the best movie to do it, but uh, no, Aaron and I were like, how many directors are going to do this? Like, you know, you know, relive their childhood, like with guilt and, you know, <laughs> like just try to ab- abstain themselves a little bit or like absolve themselves. I guess is a better word. Like how many of those directors are, or how many of those movies are we watching right now? Cause it sounds like, White Noise is it's, that from Noah Baumbach. It sounds like and then they're getting every Noah Baumbach movie is an, is an evolution of some work <laughs> of a character trait. And and then, yeah, you have Grey, you have The Fablemans, you have Inarutu doing Bardo, and there's so many of them. So it's funny you mentioned that because uh, my recommendation for the week for books is I, I did buy Quentin Tarantino's um, Cinema Speculation. Okay. Um, and I'm, I haven't gotten into the meat of the text yet because he, he does like a film by film analysis. So like every chapter is a film analysis and there's a couple films I, I haven't seen that I'd like oh to watch first before I do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, some of them are shameful, shameful blind spots and some of them are not cause it's Quentin Tarantino. So there's always going to be something in there that's, it's insanely obscure. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the big one, the big one that I haven't seen that he writes about is Bullet with Steve McQueen. So I got to watch that. Okay. Um, but you know, he he talks about you know Dirty Harry and other things. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I did read his introduction, which is absolutely fantastic, and it is very much like uh, it's not it's not a, a comparison like what you're saying, where it's like they it's auto, semi autobiographical, but it mm-hmm. is talking about his life with movies and like his theater experiences. And it's, it's, um, it's incredible. Like, it's just so fun. Like you feel like you're there with him in the movies. Um, That's cool. his, his, his mom was very like open to him seeing movies at a very young age. And so he was seeing shit that he should not have been seeing at like six, and seven and eight. <laughs> right. And right. It's all about it. So you, you kind of understand, even though 
this is technically a nonfiction book that he's writing, so it's more autobiographical than semi-autobiographical. You you mm-hmm. you do get you do get kind of an insight into why he makes movies the way he does because of yeah. how he watched movies as a kid. It's pretty pretty fascinating stuff. So I don't know how you feel about QT, but he's kind of doing the he's kind of doing that it, he's kind of doing that in book form, which I think is interesting. Oh boy! So okay, if you if you get a chance, if anyone gets a chance out there, you should check out Cinema Speculation. It's a, a really fun book so far. Anyway, I mean, it might end up right. being a trash pile. It might end up being like a bunch of hateful eight stuff as opposed to you know the good stuff. Yeah, but um, anyways, <laughs> all right. Um, um, yeah, you hit the post yeah, and we so, got it. Yes, sir. So follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast. Also find us both on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fit is a 25YL media podcast. It's brought to you by RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe. We are also on Rotten Tomatoes, the new Banana Meter, and our charter members of the Independent Film Critics of America. If you enjoyed this show, Ruminations Radio Network has more where that came from with wonderful programs and interesting hosts. Our show and others are available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.